Good morning. I had my um, grandchildren spend the night last night. It was not expected, and right as I was putting them to bed, a big raccoon jumped up on the balcony and just sat there on the ledge. And so we had a lot of fun, but I have a new appreciation for you young moms and what you went through to get here today. And I have appreciation for all of you. Thank you so much that you came today to be on the Secrets Trail. It's a great place to be. So um, I want to start by telling you that this summer, my husband and I visited the Badlands. And so we were headed on this very straight, very flat trail highway, actually. There were grasslands on each side, and all of a sudden, I saw this. It just kind of came up out of nowhere, and it took over the whole landscape. Now, I want to describe the Badlands for you in one word, God. I just looked out, and I saw God. And I don't know if he just spoke them into existence or if he actually made them with his hands, but it just looked like, you know how you would go to the beach and you would make a sandcastle, and then the tide would come in, and the next day you go back, And it's still there, but it's not distinct anymore. And it's been eroded and washed over. Well, that's what it looked like to me. It looked like that God just made these wonderful structures. And then the flood in Noah's time receded and left them in the state they are now. And you could actually take your your hand and you can trace these distinct lines all the way across And you could just see those waters going down. And um, I sat there and I thought, I've known, known God and I know a lot about him, but I didn't know he did this. I mean, I knew he could, but I didn't know he, you know, this whole thing that I didn't know about that God did. And so I wanted to set my foot on every inch of those badlands. I wanted to know what was behind every one of those mounds. I wanted to touch that limestone stuff, and I just wanted to experience them. I was a seeker, and I was on a seeker trail. Well, King Asa was a seeker, and we know that he was exemplary on the seeker trail. But at some point, he got off. And we don't really know in Scripture that he ever got back on. And that's tragic. And we don't want that to happen to any one of us in this room today. So we're going to look at seven ways to stay on that seeker trail. And so I hope that you've got your water bottle and your sunscreen and your snacks because we're going on a hike. So let's look at number one. First way to stay on the trail, pave with prayer. In chapters 14 and 15 of 2 Chronicles, the words seek and sought are mentioned nine times. King Asa sought God, and he commanded his people to seek God. What does it mean to seek God, to start out on this secret trail? Well, you know, every morning we wake up, and we have this invitation from the God of the universe He wants to meet one-on-one with each one of us. He wants to allow us to gaze on his beauty, to glean from his wisdom, 
should be encouraged by his love, the seeker is one who answers that invitation with the big RSVP, yes, we show up. Now, I've been convicted to the core of my being in this, this study on prayer. I could cry over times that I have left him waiting. But no more. We are seekers. And we set our hearts and we fix our gaze on the person of God to know him, to experience him. God wants to be sought and known. He will be found. He will give us as much of him as we'll take. We're the ones who limit the knowledge of God. So King Asa prayed as a seeker. His beautiful seeker prayer that we have in verse 11, is it? I think um, it expressed his total dependence on God, his complete belief in God's mighty power, God's omnipotence. He expressed a desire for God's glory among men, and God was pleased to grant his request. So if you're on the seeker's trail today, your life is marked by prayer. And I don't mean that you're happy with your prayer life. That's an area that we don't ever want to be content. We want to always be deepening our prayer life with the Lord. But I've just got three questions for you today. And I'm not lecturing you. I'm lecturing me. Okay. Is your number one priority of your day to set your heart to seek God in prayer? Number two. Do you believe that you really cannot do your life without this vital personal link to God? Number three, are you ready to be serious about dealing with the hindrances to prayer in your life? You know, I just listed my, I I named my top four hindrances. Dirt, clutter, You know, it's just so hard to sit down and pray, and you look around, and and you see it, and even with your eyes closed, you can see the dirt in your house. I don't know how that is, and I just kind of have had to choose between the way I would like to keep my house, and I'd like to keep my husband. Do you you know, I mean, um, if I keep my husband... I just kind of have to live with clutter. And so um, it's, it's, just, it's just hard to sit there and pray because it, it weighs on me. And so God and I are, are talking about what we can do about that. All right. Busy, bu- busyness. We arrange our schedule around what's important to us, don't we? So we can arrange it around our time with God. He has first claim on our time. How about this, mental coasting? I got this term from Tim Keller. You know, I battle raining in my thoughts. I'll be praying, and all of a sudden I'm thinking, well, why don't I move that piece of furniture there? I mean, do you know, I just don't know how it, how it happens. I need to rein in my thoughts, and I need to write my prayers, and I'm trying to do that. It helps me stay on track. Number four, pride. It's just plain old pride. You know, the pride in the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek God. If I do not meet God in the morning, I'm saying, I don't need you today. 
I can do my day without you. I have a better plan than the God of the universe. (laughs) So silly. This is a quote that I found by Flannery O'Connor. I do not know you, God, because I am in the way. I've been convicted. I'm seeking. I'm crying out. I'm asking God to remove these hindrances and the big boulder called self that blocks the seeker trail for me. First and foremost, we pave our way, our trail with prayer, and it goes all the way. We never get, we never stop doing that. Number two, follow your guide. You know, don't walk alone and don't walk ahead. It's a really funny thing that most things in life, we need someone to show us how to do it, and maybe, maybe a second time we need some instruction, and then we can pretty much go on our own. But the Christian life is not that way. The longer we walk with God, the more we need Him, the more we come dependent. We just can't take one step without Him, and, and, and we know that more and more. And God designed it that way so we would not miss the joy of seeking him continually. Asa acknowledged that he had a guide. He said, I am resting on God and I'm going in his name. And I love this image of resting. It speaks of leaning on God, asking God to support his weight. He was unable to go alone. And in 2 Chronicles 14, we read over and over that Asa said, we've sought the Lord, so now let's build. We've sought the Lord, now we'll do this. He sought the Lord first, and then he moved. He followed his guide, and he didn't run ahead. Do you know the most repeated command in the New Testament? Follow me. Why is that? Can't walk alone. The seeker cries out in prayer, God, don't let me run ahead. I believe your trail is the best one for me. Show me that I need you out there in front. So what next? Number three, we have to watch for danger. You know, this, here, here I am coming up to the first trail in the Badlands, and do you see it's marked with a sign? We're going to have that sign blown up. Yeah, okay. So I saw that sign and I said, Hickman, let's go to another trail. And he said, Mary, every trail in the Badlands is marked with this sign. They are everywhere. Okay, so there was danger on the trail. Well, what about the Seekers Trail? Is there danger on the trail? Yes, there is. Do you know... Um, there's danger in the form of the enemy, and he's not much interested in complacent Christians. But when you set your foot on the seeker trail, he's going after you. Now, why is that? Well, when we start seeking God, we are going to hear the concerns on God's heart. He'll begin to work obedience in us, and we're going to want to do something about those concerns And we find ourselves um, concerned about human suffering. We find ourselves praying for bitty, bitty refugee camp or being Hampton. Or we just find those God's heart 
coming into our heart. And we're going to want to go and give and pray. And we're going to want to bring light into dark places. The first danger on Asa's trail was the Ethiopian army. He was outnumbered almost two to one in manpower. And they had 300 chariots. And they were arrayed out there. They were already set up, ready to come against him. Well, Asa knew that his God was greater than his enemy and that God was able to deliver him, that numbers numbers didn't matter by many or by few. God could deliver. This is a principle that we need to remember on the seeker's trail. Asa took his eyes off his enemy, and he put them on his God. We are aware of the enemy. We know he's out there. We know he has power. But we don't focus on him. We focus on God. And this is the way I kind of want to say it. Um, Glance at the enemy, but gaze on God. If we focus on the enemy, we will live in fear. Fear of new things, new relationships, the future, losing our health, losing our wealth. You know, um, we have to continually ask God for faith to replace our fears. And we have to gaze on him. We have to seek his face continually. You know, about this time of year, as Cricket said, we're headed to India, Lord willing, on Friday. One year I hadn't checked my passport, and I had to meet the team in Dallas. Two years ago... I didn't even go because I broke my collarbone. And if I'm not careful, I can have this wave just wash over my stomach of fear. What will happen this year? Well, let me tell you, nothing will happen this year that's not ordained by God. I mean, if it happens, God's been sovereign over it, and we will deal with it. So let's ask God to take our fears and replace it with faith in him. And as we gaze on our mighty God, whatever battle is out there today facing you, and you know, I've never seen some of you before. We have brand new people in here. I have no idea what you're dealing with today, but whatever it is, I can tell you that God is greater. So take your eyes off that battle and put them on mighty God. And when we do that, our fears shrink, shrink down into the proportion that they really are compared to our very big God. You know, God delivered Asa from the Ethiopian army. We hiked 23 miles, and I never even saw a rattlesnake. Okay, so um, that will bring us to number four. Watch for trail markers. We were, in the Badlands, they have these markers just stuck down in the ground. There, there aren't trees to put them on, so they just put them in the ground. And there's not a lot of vegetation, so it looks like there are trails everywhere. We could have never, ever stayed on our trail without markers. We were totally dependent on these trail markers. Well, what about the Seeker's Trail? Does God give us trail markers? You bet he does. I love you. <laughs> she just she just up here. Yeah. It's wonderful. Okay. 
God wants you on the seeker's trail. He wants us on it even more than we want to be on it. He bends over backwards to let us know where it is and how to be there and how to stay there. Well, what about Asa's trail markers? God gave him rest. It was God-given rest for 10 years and then another period of rest. You know, when you're on the seeker's trail and you know you're right in the center of God's will, there can be unrest all around you, but you've, you've got that peace that passes understanding your heart is resting. You're held. You're embraced by God. What about righteousness? Asa was so zealous to remove idolatry from his land. He took down high places. Now, maybe he missed a few or maybe they were rebuilt, but his heart was to get them out. He removed columns, ashram, even his grandmother removed because she had a, an idol. And he commanded his people to seek God. And he later on put a, um, an, a command in place that if you don't seek God, we're getting rid of you. The place of idolatry, he didn't just tear all this down. He instituted righteousness. He repaired the altar of God so they could sacrifice. And he put in oaths and commandments so his people would truly seek God. He brought in a reign of righteousness. So when we seek God, that happens in our life, doesn't it? We're going to get serious about, you just don't meet with God day after day without being serious about getting rid of your sin and putting righteous behavior and things that edify God in your life. So righteousness happens. Did I put, I'm going to have to see the next one. I thought I added something. Land, I did, yep. You know, the land was so important to the people in Israel, the God-given land. And Asa said, the land is ours because we have sought the Lord. He knew that. I just thought that was wonderful. And so God, God gives us land. You know how we have our vineyards and so forth. That's a, that's a benefit of staying on the seeker trail. Victory. God gave him this amazing victory in the battle. And God will give us victory over sin and victory in our lives. God caused the fear of him to fall on the people. So they were able to conquer the land, and they were able to take spoil, and they prospered. And then number five, six maybe, okay. Um, Y'all understand that my husband made this PowerPoint before he left for India. I've been three times to the free class at the library, and I still can't make a PowerPoint. So anyway, I changed it up a little after. <laughs> so anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just what I am. Okay. Um, God sent, sent him an encourager. Azariah the prophet showed up when Asa was headed back from the, the battle, and he encouraged him in four ways. Number one, he said, Asa, you are on the seeker's trail. You're seeking God, and he's found. He's allowing himself to be found by you. 
And then, and this is encouragement, Azariah warned him, don't get off the trail, don't forsake God. And then, Azariah reminded him about what it was like when Israel did not seek God. And he said there was no peace, there was great disturbances, God gave them every kind of distress. Now, I don't know when some of you came to the Lord, but I was almost 31. All I have to do is think about my life. That was, that was my life I lived. There was no peace. There was great distress everywhere. Everything was a catastrophe to me. I lived that way. And all I have to do is think about my life without Jesus Christ, and that exhorts me to stay on the seeker's trail. And what about number four? He reminded him that there are rewards for the seeker. You know, I love knowing that there's a reward at the end of the trail. So I think we need to live that way. Bob Hoppy told me one time, Bob Hoppy, former missionary from this church, now with the Lord, he said, people used to talk a lot about heaven. People just don't talk about heaven as much as they used to. And, and I want to keep that before us. That's our reward. And there are rewards all over this trail. But there's a reward at the end. Okay. So... What about our, our trail markers? They might look a little bit different. Um, maybe you, you have that sense that God is being glorified in your life as you're out there working for his kingdom. You have a sense that God's accomplishing his purpose through your life and what you're doing for him. That's a trail marker, that you're on the trail. All right? What if you, you feel his pleasure as you work for his kingdom? What about, you know, God's opening doors for you to witness and doors for you to share? Well, there are lots of other ways that God lets us know when he speaks to us in his word or when he speaks to us in prayer. Um, But we should be seeing trail markers, okay? God should be letting you know that you're walking in his will today. So if you're not, then just ask him. Ask him to show you if you've gotten off the trail somewhere. And he's going to do that because God wants you on the secret trail. He wants you there today. So that's going to take us up to number five. Realize the folly of leaving the trail. In 1 Kings and in 2 Chronicles, there are three summary statements about King Asa's life. You know, um, in the, we're, Asa is the third king of Judah, and the kingdom divided. And so the, we have Israel in the top with the ten tribes. There were no good kings. It was apostate up there. And then in the southern kingdom of Judah, there were eight good kings. And Asa falls right 
in the middle of those, like his, his father Abijah was a good king, Asa was a good king, his son Jehoshaphat was a good king. And so um, this, this is what God caused to be written about his life. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, as David his father had done. Twice we're told that his heart was wholly true to the Lord all his days. Now, this is the goodness of God. It doesn't mean he was perfect, but his heart, in his heart, he wanted to please God. But the Bible's true, and it contains people just like you and I. And so in chapter 16, we read that Asa got off the seeker's trail. Now, he encountered his second danger that we read about on the trail, and it was Basha, king of Israel, up in the northern kingdom. And so um, Asa, because he was seeking God in the south, and there was no seeking of God in the north, the scripture tells us that people in great numbers, they were coming down from Israel because they saw that the Lord his God was with him. Now, I just think that that is a wonderful thing for us to pray. What if we prayed that people would come in great numbers to walk the seeker trail with us because they see that God is with us? Don't you want, I mean, I just want people to see God in my life in a way that that draws them to me. And and I pray for that, and I prayed for that last week because I was going to be with a group of people that they didn't didn't see. They saw a very obnoxious new Christian in me. And I was hoping they might see something different, and I don't know if they did, but I sure prayed that they would. But what we had was... King Basha was losing his people, and so he began to build a city to block block Asa off. And this danger threatened Asa, and the threat of danger before sent, sent our King Asa to seek God, to cry out to God. Well, why not this time? Why did he act so differently Where is the seeking God? Where's the following as guide? Where's the watching for the danger? He's focused on danger and not God. And this time, had he gotten overconfident? Had the enemy gotten to him? We really don't know. But we know that he took God's treasure. We know he made an ungodly alliance with Ben-Hadad. Now, this... Ungodly alliance was not a brand new trail. His father had done that, and his son Jehoshaphat was going to do that after him. Um, Maybe you had a really godly father, and you can follow in his footsteps, but we still have to seek God for ourselves. That's why there's no substitute for paving with prayer. Even if we had the godliest parents or mentors or discipler, it may be a new trail for us. We might not be able to walk that same way always. So we've got to be seeking God for ourselves, one-on-one. We never get beyond that. So um, 
when we, and when we get off the trail, it may not just have consequences for us. His son was going to do the very same thing. So stay on the seeker's trail because you are influencing people that are watching you and people that are going to come after you. And you want that influence to be for good. So um, the next thing we see, Asa had abandoned God and he was going solo. And God in his goodness sent him a trail marker to tell him this time that he was off the trail. And it was a Hanani, the seer or the prophet. And he gave him a warning. And he said, Asa, you're, you're just off. You're not seeking God anymore. And Asa could not hear this godly rebuke. Proverbs 9.8 tells us that when we rebuke a wise man, he'll love us. When we become proud and unteachable, God can't use us. We're off the trail. It seemed that Asa was diligent to remove the idols, the high places throughout his land. But what about his heart? What was going on in his heart? We don't know the exact circumstances of how this happened to Asa, but I can tell you how it happens to me. You know, whenever I'm not seeking God, self and pride naturally take over the throne of my heart. I don't even have to do anything. It's a default mode. It just happens. Our only, our only defense against pride and self is to keep on seeking God. This past summer, I found myself in a place where I was just being offended. Things were getting to me. And I found myself... Kind of like, you know, I was thinking about Asa in his rage, and he took this man that tried to give him a godly rebuke and put him in the stocks. Well, I didn't do anything like that, but I was kind of raging, you know, inside. Do you know what I mean that you have thought? Do you? Thank you. Okay. Because, you know, you think, how can I get up there? I'm probably the only one that struggles with something like this. But, you know, you'll be like, blowing off the driveway or just something that's not engaging your mind. And before you know it, you can be blasting somebody, somebody that you love and want to have them speak into your life. And um, I just don't, and, and it was me. I was overreacting to things that were said. And, and my husband, bless his heart, gave me a rebuke, and I just railed on him, you know? And, and I, just, I just said, Lord, I'm, I'm just getting unteachable what is wrong. And so I think I just didn't want to be worked on. <laughs> Let me just keep these flaws that are still left and take them on into heaven, and God will deal with them there. Okay. Um, so... I sat down before the Lord, and I did seek God. And I said, Lord, what is, what is going on? And it just so happened, I was reading a book. You know, he says, before you call, I'll answer. 
and I was reading this book by um, Jesse Penn Lewis. Do y'all even know Jesse Penn Lewis? She's, oh, like, like me, okay? And she was, I was reading about spiritual warfare, and she was talking about the helmet of salvation and, you know, just protecting our thoughts and the cleansing blood, letting the cleansing blood of Christ wash over our thought life. And I had not been diligent to capture my thoughts. And sometimes those darts just get in, but this is what God and I, God and I have put in place. And you know, God is a really great counselor and he's free. (laughs) I love that. Okay. But you know, the first thing is that when I have a thought, first of all, I mean, if someone says something and you maybe kind of feel something coming up, just ask a question. Well, wait a minute. Did I hear you right? Or what did you mean by that? Because, what, 70% we could have misunderstood. Or maybe there was the, a little twist that wasn't even there. Do you, do you know what I mean? And am I too proud to say, what do you mean by that? I need to get over that. And I need, first of all, to make sure that I even heard what was said because I can go off and it wasn't even the right thing or it wasn't even the right meaning. I mean, that's really simple, but I really fall prey to that. Second thing, if I do find myself in a mental spin, I need to not retaliate. I need to stay right there, stayed upon my God, until I am calm and I can gaze on God and get his instruction. Third thing, I just need to climb right back up on the potter's wheel. I need to let him continue molding me and shaping me into his image. And then I get to do number five. I get to repent and re-enter the seeker's trail. You know, we may not know exactly why Asa got off the secret trail, but we do know how he could have gotten back on. He could have simply repented. Even with his diseased feet, how often have we seen God allow illness? Haven't we seen people come back to God or come to God? But even with that... That's the way scripture puts it. He didn't seek God. But God was still trying. God was still reaching out to get him back on the secret trail because that's where God wants us today. A believer can always repent. Just like that. It's never too late. God is waiting for us, longing for us to repent. It's the image of the father of the prodigal son. He was watching the trail. And at the first sight of his repentant child, the loins were girded up and he ran with open arms to embrace that son. You know, we can simply say, God, what's the next step I need to take to get back to a place where I'm seeking you? And we will be right back on. It may not be the exact same place we left the trail, you know, because sometimes... There might be a few consequences, but God's going to work them for good. So then we get back on the trail, 
And that takes us to number seven. Remember the rewards. Keep those rewards before you. What are some of the rewards? We will never be forsaken. The writer of Hebrews said, He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I will never leave you or forsake you. This verse translates, There is absolutely no way I could ever possibly forsake you. It is impossible for the Lord Jesus Christ to desert a believer. We are New Testament believers. We have that promise. We will know God. That's a reward in itself. And number three, God-given blessings. In Second Chronicles, we read that when the people of Judah made their covenant and took their oath to seek God, there was shouting, loud, jubilant shouting. There were trumpets, ram's horns. They were rejoicing, and God was giving them rest and prosperity. The Lord was found by these people. Great blessings were raining down. I want to show you just two of my blessings from the trail in the Badlands. <laughs> the Yellow Mounds. They're gorgeous. And this is the second one. Three big horns, not even in a cage or anything. <laughs> okay. We have a final reward at the end of the trail. Now, Asa, when Asa died, he slept with his fathers. Pardon me? Oh, okay. And he was awaiting the resurrection of Jesus. But we know, the Bible tells us, when we're absent from the body, we'll be present from the Lord. And in 2 Timothy 4.8, the Apostle Paul was coming to the end of his trail. And he said, There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord will give me on that day. Not for me only, but for all those who love his appearing. Do you love his appearing today? Are you waiting for him at the end of the trail? I want to show you a video of the end of the trail and those who love his appearing. This is my three-year-old granddaughter, Lizzie, and my 20-year-old grandson, Will, their brother and sister. Lizzie calls Will Wawa. And Wawa is at college now, so they, um, Lizzie got to see him at Freddy's Restaurant in Lincoln, Nebraska. They're supposed to be sound. Okay. Um, since there wasn't sound, um, he just, he picks her up. This is the end of the trail for us. We'll be embraced with the big, strong arms. And the seeker will hear a familiar voice call her name. He says, Lizzie, Lizzie. And she says, I was waiting for you. Let's pray. Father, as we wait for you today, Lord, keep us on that seeker's trail. Don't let us miss a single blessing. Take us deeper and deeper into the knowledge of yourself for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.